0: What is going on everybody? I'm your host, Nicholas Willard, and this is Almost Canon. So how how's everyone doing tonight? Good? Good. You can't ask. For much more than that, right? If you have a story that you want to share uh, with the show, please email us at almostcanonpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a message via Facebook or Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe for new episodes each and every week and leave us a rating and review so we can beat that system that's hell-bent on keeping us independent podcasters down in the dirt. You know, I, I, for a couple episodes there, I was on this, this, this kick of reminding people to rate and review. But you know, I just hate harping on it. You know, I don't want to keep you know, rate and review the show, rate and review the show. You know, but it, 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 it's important. So please rate and review the show. I mean, not a whole lot of people seem to want to rate and review, but it, it really is a, a whole hell of a lot of help. So this, this is our first episode of Almost Canon that's being released in October. It's that time of the year that everybody loves to hate. You know, I you always hear people talking about how fall's their favorite time of year. You know, you get to wear sweatshirts, the leaves are changing. You got cold mornings and warm afternoons, and you know, all this all this crap. Well, you know, I like autumn, I like fall just as much as the next person, but I hate winter. I hate. I do not know why I live somewhere where it's totally possible that we get several inches of snow in the next couple weeks. (laughs) Why do I live where I live? I don't know. But I tell myself every year that I'm going to move. I I don't want to deal with this again. Another winter, more snow. It's just not something I want to deal with. And then spring comes around, and I'm like, oh, yes. I love it. I love it here. This is why I live where I live. Yay. Well, spring and summer, they only last so long. And fall, while it is a very nice season, it's also a very short season. And it reminds us that everything we loved not so long ago is dying all around us. And pretty soon, we will be in over our heads with snow. But anyway, nobody wants to listen to me talk about about snow in winter, because the fact is, it's still fall. We still got a couple weeks of prime fall weather, and probably the best part of fall, which is, of course, Halloween. I personally treat October, the whole month, as if it's Halloween. Um, you know, you got to keep up. I got a whole list of movies, <laughs> that a whole list of Halloween movies that I got to get through every month. Or I just feel empty inside, you know? So it's it's good to start that list uh mid-September usually, which I did. Um and actually I think we even dropped a few of those that would, you know, through the the real to real movie reviews. Uh what do you want to call it? I don't want to call it a podcast. You know, maybe you know, I'll just call it a podcast within a podcast because I, I guess that's kind of what it is. But but yeah, so what do we do? We did it which I, I actually personally see that as a summer movie. But uh, we did Pet Cemetery, and we have Ginger Snaps coming up next. That's the next movie on the list. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Ginger Snaps, I totally recommend that you go and watch that movie when you're done listening to this episode. It's It's surprisingly good, but that's enough about that. What I wanted to do is I wanted to kick off this This year's spooky season with uh, a spooky chat about some spooky stuff, you know? Uh, Last year, we kind of dumped a handful of episodes midway through the month. Um, So I'm pretty sure that's when we uploaded for the first time. Me and Bank, he just dropped like five or six episodes, you know, uh, halfway through the month of October. I think we released like deep dives on werewolves and vampires, black-eyed kids. Um, you know, like dipics and the the dibic box, but this year I wanted to add, you know, a little more structure. I was hoping that these next few weeks would would at least resonate with with some of you. You know, I want I had I have some some fairly spooky episodes coming up, um, and I also wanted to mix in a couple of these these, you know, classic Halloween movies, uh into the mix. So we we like I said we have ginger snaps that I'm gonna be dropping. Coraline. It is a children's movie, but it is it's damn good. I'm telling you right now, Coraline is, is instant classic. If you haven't seen Coraline, watch Coraline before you watch Ginger Snaps. Like it, it's that good. Um and then of course you can't get through spooky season without watching Scream at least five times. Uh I, I know that's me. At least watch it once, you know. Scream is—it's just one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, I won't—I won't get into it now, but it—it's definitely—it's—it's it's so good. It, it totally uh, revitalized the entire horror genre, you know, single-handedly, and it its it spawned so many um similar movies that were also fairly fairly decent, pretty good, so. So yeah, I wanted to I wanted to to make sure we get some real spooky episodes out. I know for almost canon, we're doing uh, tonight. I, I'm I'm I have a a pretty special chat with someone uh, about a, a a very spooky place. It's definitely a place I would not want to uh, spend the night. And next week we're going to be talking about um, the Bennington Triangle, and and more specifically, I think the people who have gone missing within the triangle. Um, but don't quote me on that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure where this conversation is going to go next week, but it's, it's going to be a good one. So, so yeah. Um, I think there was one more movie we were going to mix in. It was either going to be the original evil dead or the Blair witch project. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm I'm really not an evil dead fan. Um, the, my co-host on, on real to real likes that movie, um and I know I've I've pretty much picked all the other movie, movies we've done, so I figured you know why not let him pick one, but uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll see which way we go there. Now, like I said, I wanted to kick off this year's high holy spooky season with the spooky chat, a talk about one of America's most darkest haunts, the Hinsdale House. You know. In one way or another, you've probably heard stories of the Hinsdale House. And if you haven't heard stories of the Hinsdale House, you've definitely, if you're anything like me, and probably most of the people who listen to this show, you've definitely seen stories of the Hinsdale House on, you know, TV. You know, on on those shows on Travel Channel or or Sci-Fi Channel or or whatever. And you you just never realized it. And while the Hinsdale House itself looks... Unassuming and plain, because it does, when you see the house, it's all white, it's fairly plain, it's got that shiplap siding, a few windows, it you know, it, you, you don't expect much when you look at the Hinsdale house. Um, So while it may look unassuming, it is anything but. The Hinsdale house is an old farmhouse. That was built in 1853 on the outskirts um, of a small community in northwestern New York called Hinsdale. Now, I found this quite interesting. Being from where I am, southern Vermont, across the river into New Hampshire. There's a small town there called Hinsdale. And apparently Hinsdale, New York, is named after Hinsdale, New Hampshire. You know. I just found that interesting, seeing how Hinsdale, New Hampshire is pretty much where the drive-in movie theater is. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, the Hinsdale House, built in 1853. And like I said, it's not one of those big old mansions that you'd expect to be haunted. Like like maybe the, the Winchester Mystery House or, or Rhodes Hall, you know, one of these big spooky mansions. It's, it's, it's not like that at all. Instead, it's just a small two-story Farmhouse, you know, it's got a couple bedrooms upstairs, all the rooms you'd expect to find downstairs, like a kitchen, a living room, bathroom. But what it lacks in square footage, it makes up for in dark, and some even say, demonic entities. Death has been a regular occurrence since the Hinsdale's house construction in the mid-19th century. Suicides, executions, and even murders have been committed on the property's grounds. All of which seem to have culminated in the violent haunting that occurred back in the 1970s and in a way never stopped. Paranormal investigators now flock to the location, hoping to experience just a piece of the action and have uncovered some very interesting things. Some have even found evidence to suggest that a mysterious darkness reaches out from the woods that surround the house, Woods that are said to be the final resting place for dozens of Seneca peoples. This dark entity is thought to breathe life into the horrors that wander throughout the Hinsdale House. Feeding the shadow people and oppressive forces with an energy that grows heavier and heavier each year. So tonight, we'll be talking with the one man who no doubt knows more than anyone about the Hinsdale House. Because he owns it. He's a man who grew up in a haunted house as a child, and a man who's continued his fascination with the unknown and the paranormal to this day. His name is Daniel Glass. Daniel is much more than a simple paranormal investigator. He's a producer and an executive producer of both film and radio shows. He's the publisher of Haunted Magazine, as well as a husband and a father. But that's enough of me running my mouth about something I really don't know a whole lot about. So, let's jump into this conversation that I had with Daniel, and let's find out a little bit more about the Hinsdale House. Obviously, I know about the Hinsdale House, Uh mm-hmm. I know that you have another paranormal show. I do. Yeah, and I, I actually I've never seen that. I it sounds very interesting though. I I kind of wanted to talk about maybe some investigations you've been on, or maybe some some of the the creepier ones. Everybody likes the scary stuff, but yeah. Um, and I also did want to go over the Hinsdale House a little bit. If you wanted to, I know people have just talked about it constantly, but uh... no, it's
1: it's good. More the pr- more promo, the better.
0: Right. I found, I guess we could probably start with that because that's what I know most about. Um,
1: and then for the past uh, three years we've been you know, me and Nick and his cousin and his wife have been filming Death Walker too. So that's the other show I'm doing.
0: Right, yep, I saw that. I was, I was going to ask you about that towards the end. Um, I didn't, I haven't actually, I haven't watched it, but I did see it on your website and it it was something that I was was going to watch.
1: It's uh we just got it just got announced last night, but it's uh we just announced it today that Peacock picked it up. So that's really awesome.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'll say.
1: That right. just opens it up to so many more people.
0: Right. Yeah, oh I bet. I bet. I don't really know how that whole system works, but it definitely Peacock seems pretty popular nowadays.
1: Yeah, we have it on Peacock and Tubi and some other uh you know, FilmRise and some other some other cool streaming apps, but Peacock's awesome. Sling, we have it on Sling TV. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Tubi and Pe- Peacock are really the other ones that I know. But, um. But yeah, so the Hinsdale House, um, Northern New York, upstate New York.
1: Yeah, upstate.
0: How how far upstate is it?
1: It's south of Buffalo Niagara Falls.
0: So it's pretty far up there. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the first time I ever heard of the Hinsdale house was in the paranormal lockdown show with Nick and Katrina when they went up there. Yeah. That was probably the first time I ever heard of it. And that episode was definitely like, I (laughs) this was years ago. I mean, and I like watched all those episodes and that was definitely like the best one I think out of that season. And then I guess I never associated that house with all the other stories of the Hinsdale house. Um, and I'm just recently kind of putting it all together now, but that it's definitely a very, um, interesting location. And house. Is.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we keep uncovering more shit too. So,
0: right. Uh, one part that interests me the most was the woods. It Like the house itself is, is obviously seems pretty active, but the woods around the house seem, seems like there's something extraordinary going on out there
1: yeah there's more I mean there's a it's just as busy on the outside as is in the inside
0: right I wasn't exactly sure seemed like there's a lot of stories that went on there <laughs> uh let's see there was a a woman who was who was hanged on somewhere Yeah, I mean that's place. a that's
1: a story that um one of the psychics that was there during the exorcism in 1974 she uh or he I'm sorry Alex Tanis was his name that was his vision of uh, a a woman being hung Mm. Uh, after doing research. um, We did find out that the hanging tree was on the Northeast corner of the property or Northwest corner of the property. I'm sorry. Um, That tree that was actually used for town of Hinsdale's hangings was uh, also struck by lightning in 2003 and tumbled over into the ditch. That's there. Um, There's still parts of it there. Um, Oddly enough, you know, we've gone down and I know that you said you watched the thermal lockdown, you know, episode where or they went down into the ditch and stuff in the front of the property. But you'll get like weird EMF spikes on, on dead wood that's just sitting there, like some weird <laughs> some weird stuff coming from there.
0: Yeah, one thing I saw that was interesting was like it was like alive on one side and then completely dead. Everything was just dead, you know, right on the other side. That was that was really creepy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's, it's like, it's truly like that up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. So there's a, it, and it's really weird. The, the, the one time I was up there, there was, you know, in the whole area of where all the, the dead kind of the dead trees are. um, There was this one little tree <laughs> and there's like a, a beam of sunlight shining down on it. And uh, it was just sitting there, you know, all green. And <laughs> I, you know, used the K2 meter and we were getting EMF spikes from that little tree too. It's really, it, it was really cool.
0: Yeah, those meters are are weird. I'm not. I have a uh um meter. I mean, I don't I don't do a whole lot of like field work and or go out and about. But uh, there's a lady that I I, I have on the show every now and then. She's a a certified uh, master diver, and she found these Iroquois these uh, Native American sites, and they're full of of quartz. They're like just made of quartz, and they're like yeah. these poles that are drilled in into the ground. I guess they used to be used for catching fish or something. And she swears every time she goes near these sites, she can like feel this, this strange energy. I'm supposed to give it to her so she could go and swim around with it to see what kind of energy she picks up. But it's really the only other than what I've seen on TV. I mean, that's really the only uh, experience I have with using those meters. But I've done
1: some experimenting with like a Tesla coil and then uh, attaching quartz like different st- different types of quartz to uh, Tesla coil meaning mm. that, you know, energy is flowing around the quartz just to see if these minerals can up- absorb electricity. <laughs> and we took, after we let it for, you know, charge for about 10 minutes. So they always talk about, like, charging stones and things like that. So I just, you know, want to see if it works, right? So right. Um, we did it for like 10 minutes. And then uh, when we took, stopped the test oil and took the stones out, set them over on the table, they were actually... We were actually getting EMF from the electromagnetic frequencies from the rocks, from the quartz rocks. So that, that means they were retaining um, the electric pulse from the Tesla coil, which is right.
0: really Yeah, and that's really interesting. It's like, I think they call it like the stone tape theory. Or maybe yeah. they call it something different now, but.
1: No, that's what I know it for, yes.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the whole idea with this uh, Native American site was that there's so much quartz in the ground there and that it might have retained some sort of energy. But I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not, I just figured I'd give it to her and then she could see what she could find. But uh, but yeah, the woods around the Hinsdale house, um, I guess is what interests me the most of that that property. I don't there's just something about it. It doesn't seem like it gets a whole lot of attention, but like fae activity, I don't know if you're in into this kind of stuff, but like you know like I guess like you know fairies is what we would know them as, but yeah i' I've, I've been on We've this.
1: Actually, we actually had teams out that uh specialize in elementals mm. um and they've we've captured some pretty cool pictures up there. I think there's a whole lot going on in the forest and around the house um I mean some spectacular pictures that have been captured like different like lights in the, in the nighttime like glowing lights coming from there um purples and, and greens and reds you know and it, it looks kind of like like little gems like in the forest which is really cool um also there's you know Native American mounds that that were detected up there um so it's probably some type of sacred land uh, well most of the land is sacred but um We've captured pictures. Well, I haven't personally, but other investigators that have been up there, mainly Jeff Fent. He uh, he's a investigator out of Columbus, Ohio, and he builds like spirit boxes and stuff like that. But he was up there doing experiments with different light spectrums, and uh, just very drawn to the forest. And he captured an unbelievable picture of some some creature up up in the tree that we have no explanation as to what it is. Um, the only the only person that's ever given me an explanation was a shaman out of St. Louis and claimed that it was a puckwudgie, which is a Native <laughs> American cryptid.
0: Sorry, I totally had puckwudgie notes on my phone. I was going to ask you about it.
1: <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. So it, that's what they said it was, and it makes sense if there's Native American burial grounds up there because they're protector of those grounds. Mm. Um, but that's the story of the cryptid, you know, of one of the cryptids up there,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, I know a Pukwudgie has like, a, you know, you think of elves over in Europe or like Iceland or something, and a Pukwudgie, is—I think of it as a, you know, the same exact type of creature, just right. part of the world. But uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I it totally from all the stuff I watched. And I watched a bunch of other Hinsdale House documentaries of in, with investigators. I don't even—I don't remember who exactly they were, but it always seems like the the energy is coming from the forest and it's like whatever is inside the house is just being fed by you know these energy these darker energies in the forest making whatever is in the house even you know more stronger
1: could be i mean the house was the house uh, was put there so some of the stuff that's there we believe could be like ancient spirits you know spirits that have been there before the house was there
0: right yeah, I got here. It was built in 1853. Is that right? That's right. Yep. yep yeah, so correct. been there for a while. Definitely a while. Yeah. You can only I imagine mean, what the land looked like back then. You know.
1: Yeah, I have pictures um, from like the 1970s and the 1950s, 1930s, <laughs> um, and it looks completely different. You know, like some of the forest. I mean, it's a young forest behind the house. And, uh, at one point it would, it just looked like it was a big hill, you know, like it would have been all, all those trees would have been gone and it would mm-hmm. just been like a, a hill. Cause so I have a picture of the house from like, you know, the 1950s from the hill. Right. And I tried to mimic that picture from up on the, up, standing up on the, uh, forest back where the forest is and all around is just all trees and brush. Now, you know, the apple trees were planted. There's different fruit trees that were planted and, it's uh they're all you know they're all overgrown now they haven't been maintained but the the deer like them brings a lot of animals
0: out right have you noticed any weird activity from the animals uh, like seem skittish or scared
1: no not not really i mean the we've we've captured um spirit animals on camera but we haven't uh the, the animals that come to the house um you know like the we've had badgers and we've had groundhogs and we've had tons of rabbits and deer um they like to graze on the property and the land and eat the eat, you know eat what's there so
0: hmm. yeah i mean i guess it wouldn't yeah, be the ordinary but um definitely from just pictures of the house you can tell it just looks demonic <laughs> I, I don't know if i don't know if that's a word you use to describe it but um just the house itself all you have to do is look at the outside of it and it's like you know i don't want to go in there
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i mean i don't know that it's demonic but um you know i've been involved with a few cases that were deemed demonic but um definitely has some you know crappy spirits that that can definitely be a downer you know
0: right you just have to know how
1: to deal with them for the yeah. most part, we have a lot of positive experiences there. If you check, like, the reviews from the teams that have been there, I mean, they get some really good reviews, so lots of activity.
0: Right, definitely. Yeah. I know, I guess one of the only other things I wanted to talk about the house would be Mary Dandy's room. The It's an up, upstairs room. Uh huh. Seems I get a lot of activity uh, in that room. I saw something about fly infestations which was weird I guess.
1: Yeah, when I bought the house, um there was definitely like um there's I mean we still have have it, but it was really bad as far as like uh the insect infestation of the house and a lot of a lot of all the insects were focused on that room upstairs also in the living room. Um uh, but there was, you know, 500,000 honeybees in the floorboard of that room plus the plus all the flies. You know, and we would try to get them, and they just come back. You know, so then they disappear, and we don't know where they went. And <laughs> then, next thing you know, that they're back again. Uh, the first one of the first time I ever went there it was the middle of the winter, and there was only heat space heaters in the house. They had no, no heaters, no, you know, no heating system, and it was so cold. And we had like blankets on the doorway so we could try to just heat the one room to stay kind of warm. And there's flies buzzing around in the ice cold. You know, right. like, it doesn't, it just doesn't seem logical.
0: Yeah, like, that's well, where these
1: flies come from. And why are they buzzing around in December and in, in, in sub zero weather?
0: So that room, from what I could see of the house, there was a room right next to it, right? Yes. Is, is it the same in that room?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not a spot in the house where you don't get activity. You know the one, the master bedroom and the closet. There's another bedroom up, small little bedroom upstairs, and then there was uh, two bedrooms downstairs as well, and a living room and a kitchen. Hmm. But the, I mean, the whole upstairs it seems like you get different things upstairs than you do downstairs. Uh, more focused on certain things when you investigate upstairs, but it's uh, it's definitely very active in in both of the rooms up there, all three of them. The the one room off the stairs, we always capture like a shadow figure. Right. We've also captured full body.
0: Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> weird.
1: Um, so, you of know, a little girl on the stairway going into that room. It's uh pretty pretty compelling to see the pictures.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I uh creeps me out just just thinking of it. I don't. I don't do spirits very well. I'm a, I'm so afraid of of getting attached, like someone attaching itself to me. I'd be more afraid of the living than the dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can be pretty scary too.
1: Yeah, they sure can.
0: <laughs> um, I guess there was one other thing I wanted to mention was uh the Warrens had they 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 were there at one point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they came out to the house um on the invite from the priest from Saint Bonaventure University, Father Alphonsus Tribble, um, when he was doing the house as a case study and trying to help the family out there in the 1970s, and uh, you know they came out and kind of gave them their assessment of what they thought was was there and and what they what they thought they he needed to do, and and I I always fall back on on when Nick was there and they called Lorraine Warren on the phone, Tony was there their, his her nephew. Tony Sparra, and uh, they were talking about you know Nick's at the Hinsdale House. You know what advice do you have for him? And Lorraine said, "Go to church." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, in that phone call that you're talking about, I remember she said something about being um, either physically choked or like uh, it. She felt like she was being choked while uh, I think it was upstairs in that that uh yeah that in that room, right. So I guess that was really all. And other than I guess the house had an exorcism done, which was which is weird in itself.
1: Yeah, it was a st- structural exorcism on the house itself. Uh, to try to rid the whole house of of the energies that are that were there. And uh, it didn't work. Uh, they, they tried doing like a house blessing. There's been there's been another exorcism in the house as well. There was a, a gentleman that was investigating there before I owned it. And uh, there was a priest from Niagara Falls that had to come up to to do an exorcism on this guy that that was investigating there that that was getting taken over like a like a possession case. You know, his eyes turned black. And I mean, these are just the stories from doing an interview with the priest. And then uh, he exercised what was ever trying to attach themselves to him. And uh, he was okay. but he hadn't come didn't come back to the house
0: after (laughs) that. I don't blame him
1: yeah i mean that's well, I, think, a... I think i think a lot of it has to do with um your perception i mean if you open yourself up to something like that a lot of people come in and and test those waters you know really try to test those waters right and it's uh yeah. you know you got to know what you're doing when, when you do something like that and right. don't go, don't, yeah. don't do it alone ever
0: yeah i mean that's definitely smart you never up. know when you're
1: gonna have to like get pulled out you know
0: right right I know one thing we cover here on the show a lot is, is intent. Um, oh yeah. The intent behind something. It seems to be the, what gives it power, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it is you're doing, it's the intent, you know, for sure. Um, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I don't, I don't know if you're a uh, Christian or Catholic or any, you know, of any religions. I'm not particularly religious so one question that comes to me an awful lot is um why is it that you know you hear all these stories of exorcisms by all these priests and how it's worked for hundreds of years you know why is that why did why does that work if you know is god i don't we don't i don't think this is you know kind of deep we don't i can take this out if you want but like if if god is god real um if he's not why do these exorcisms work you know if you're you know casting them out in God's name. Is it the intent behind it? Is there something else? You know, is there well, religious magic behind it? You know?
1: No, I I think a lot of it does have to do with intent and 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 how in the energy that you put into it. It's not only Christianity that has exorcisms. I mean, there is a, right. a Buddhist right. monk that I know that does them. There's all you know different religious backgrounds different um people that come from different levels. You know, I know I know witches that will do them. Uh, And in every religion, there's, oh, there's some type of demon, Mm. some type of, you know, bad spirit that's, you know, and, and I think it all lays upon the type of same, same theory is, is what everybody knows with Christianity. Um, The energy and intent that you put into that thing um, can help, you know, And and I always say that too, like when you're dealing with clients, like not just the Hinsdale house, but like as a as a somebody that will go and help another human being that's going through something um you know if if they're if they're buddhist i'm not bringing a catholic priest in for them you know it has to be something that's copacetic with their belief system because they have to want it and believe in it too you know they they have to they have to um understand and 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 have the knowledge base of, of what they have to continue to do to keep it keep it gone you know because it's not something that you just snap your fingers and it's gone there's, there's work that you have to do after in order to make sure that it doesn't stay that way. And a lot of it has to do with light, um, positive thinking, you know, a lot, a lot of different things. So, I mean, it's like, like you said before, it's intent Mm
0: -hmm. all about the
1: intents of how, how you want things done.
0: Yeah. The intent is I'm getting, can you hear that feedback? I don't know if you can hear that or not, but no. Mm -mm. All right. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> um. Yeah, definitely the the intensity. It and that's interesting with the whole uh all these other religion and and I know like like uh the Muslim religion, with Islam, yeah. like the jinn and all that. And that you know yeah. I always it, we don't. Have, it's it something that interests me is this whole idea of like what are demons? If you know are demons are they this whole other thing? Um, because it seems like you know. You can find them anywhere and always brings me back to the Fae. Everything always comes back to the Fae with me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that'd be an
1: interesting interesting show in itself, I guess. Right.
0: Right. And I elementals, I guess, is a good, um, I guess, is what they're known as in the paranormal community. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, let's see what else I got here. Um, The no sleep group. I, you have a production company, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, doing? no sleep no sleep entertainment. Yeah.
0: And you were talking about what what was that show you were talking about? Uh oh, Deathwalker? Yes. You want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Deathwalker um is a show that we started uh, you know, just from the ground up, you know, with Nick Groff. Um formerly a pyramid lockdown on Ghost Adventures. Um we just wanted to kind of we wanted to wanted it to be a raw show, and we wanted to I have a show that uh, the networks didn't own. Something that we did on our own, um, produce it ourselves, uh, do all the all the work, you know, all the all the hard work that uh, twenty or thirty people would be doing at a network. But, you know, we've divvied up between four or five of us. You know, and and my, it's been it's been crazy, but the the end product has been amazing. Um, the shows the shows that we've been able to put together, um, how we how we tell the stories of the locations uh, through reenactments um, holds true through his investigation style and the evidence that we're capturing when we go to all these different locations throughout the country, you know, so it's it's been an amazing ride so far. We just got done filming season four, 20 more episodes, and we're in the midst of um, editing them and getting them ready. We're having a premiere in a few weeks in Niagara Falls. If anybody's interested in coming on the, Saturday, October fourteenth, at the Rapids Theater in Niagara Falls, um, we're going to be premiering one of the episodes from season four before it comes out. And uh, it, it's always a good time. There's a VIP party. Nick and Tessa will be there, and other from behind the scenes people from on our project, and uh, get to sit and watch a cool uh, episode and do some Q and A with 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 Nick and Tessa. And um, it's a good time. And then we'll be announcing shortly uh, where it's going to be where you're going to be able to see season four. Uh, Season one through three are available in the United States, you know, on uh, just announced on Peacock, uh, Sling TV, Tubi. Um, If you have a streaming device, just go to the search bar and type in Death Walker and you'll see all the places you can watch it for free. It doesn't cost anything. That was something huge that Nick wanted. He didn't want people to have to pay to watch it. So there are free sites like Tubi and FilmRise that you can watch the show on for free. You don't have to pay a subscription for. So it's really cool
0: yeah yeah definitely sound sounds it i uh
1: you better start binge watching it man
0: i know if i was a good host i would have i would have watched it before now but it it, it's on my list i I swear i saw it when i was searching your surfing your uh your websites there and it, it definitely looked really good um i know like uh ghost adventures is just like I don't even know what that is anymore. You know, it's, it just seems to be just endless. Like, ugh. but, uh, yeah, I think we're the
1: complete opposite of what that is.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, you, cause I, you always hear of these shows and these producers and they're doing God knows what, with these people running around faking everything. And so, well, the
1: cool thing is with our show too, um, we've been in, we've been able to involve the, the paranormal community and experts that, um, with ufos and, and different types of cryptids and actually bring people in and give them a chance to show what they can do as special guests on the show uh, on top of also bringing in actors and actresses from local and employing them and having them come in to shoot to shoot the reenactments to help tell the story of the location so we've had a lot of involvement from from the community we've had people driving in from states over just to, to be part of the a reenactment shoot so which which are it's the reenactment shoots are are just as tedious as doing the investigation because you know you got to get sometimes 20 or 30 actors in wardrobe makeup you know you have to make sure that where we're shooting is looking right to to tell the story of the location we try to do the reenactments at the locations themselves to be you know but sometimes like say we shot in in Oklahoma or something like that we would have to bring people in and try to find a location locally cuz all the reenactment shoots are done um, locally in western New York or where our offices are and uh, find some place that we can um, just film the story you know so but I mean it's it's so it, just the reenactment shoots alone were six weeks you know it's it's, it's crazy
0: mm. good and time be... good learning experience yeah I bet it sounds sounds really fun actually you know getting all those people involved sounds really cool Oh, and
1: it becomes, everybody becomes like a family, like a, it's like a community, like people that didn't know each other that are coming in. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the paranormal investigators from different teams, you know, they get to come and, and see, work with Nick and, and Nick films it, you know, we're filming it, you know, he's there at the shoots and um it's, it's really cool um just to, to be able to be part of it. And, and we open it up to anybody, you know, if you, if you fit a description of a, a part that we need and you're interested in. You know, most of them aren't speaking parts, so it's just coming in and kind of do what the director tells you to do. Walk over here, look at, you know, just little things like that, and and with that happening, you you become part of the episode. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. That, that sounds really cool. Um, crap, I didn't write it down, and I forgot the the paranormal group that you're a part of. Um, oh shoot, I should have. i uh, you sorry. talking about
1: the other the other show?
0: Yeah, but I I didn't write it down. Sorry. Uh what's, oh, what's that's the go right. uh
1: so the Ghostfinders is yes. uh long, the, the Ghostfinders is the longest running um independent uh, ghost hunting show in the world. Uh we're filming this is the twelfth season. Um it is available on Amazon Prime uh, also on a streaming network called Paraflix. And um it, this is basically, you know, same, you know, you know, small crews. Uh, The cool thing about it is we have like eclectic witches, we have cool special guests, tech guys, and we also have a a psychic medium, uh, Rob Thompson on the show. So we have like all different angles that we approach these uh, investigations and then film our investigations as we're doing them, um, trying to get evidence at the locations and and tell the stories of the places. Um, I got involved with it in season nine. Um, They came to the Hinsdale house and filmed there and I just thought how professional they were and. Um, Then I was invited as a special guest uh, for one of the shoots. And um, then they ended up asking me to be a permanent cast member. Now I'm the host of the show. So, (laughs) uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's, it's good times. Um, Everybody, you know, it's like a, like a little family when we get together and we come from all corners of the earth, you know, California, North Carolina, uh, Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Those are the cast members on the show. So, I mean, it's, Uh, when we come together it's like like our meeting our brothers and sisters that we haven't seen in a few weeks you know really it's really neat
0: well so you guys like everyone kind of flies in from wherever they are to
1: yeah yeah the the cool thing about being having an independent show is is uh we're able to get like different sponsors to sponsor the show and uh, a lot of that i mean we don't make a ton of money on it we do it for the love of what we're doing so it's uh you know, the, the sponsorships that we do get cover based the basic needs of the shoot, like our hotels and um, equipment and rentals and, and getting us there at home. That's about it. So,
0: right. Yeah. Wow. Uh, where do you find the time to do all this? So this this must be your full time job.
1: It, it is. Uh, I, and I also do the I also distribute Haunted Magazine in the United States and Canada oh, yeah. as well. So, I mean, it's uh it's, it's a balance. It really is because family to me is what t- makes me tick, you know, family's the most important thing. And, you know, I've got kids and like, I would just before this, I was at my daughter's uh, cheering, cheering, you know, she was cheerleading for the football team and uh, being able to be at that type of stuff is important to me. And I would put that before anything, uh, you know, in the paranormal family is important, you know, and, uh, it's what keeps me motivated. Sometimes I'm, I'm working 14 to 16 hour days, but in between there, there's a four or five hour stint that I'm doing family stuff. Um, you know, I try to, when I do my bookings for like paracons cons and, and guest speaking and things like that, or book signings, I try to make sure that I space them out. So it's not overtaking my life. You know, yeah, um, sure. I also have a lot of great help. Um, a lot of people that I've had to trust, um, especially with the Hinsdale house, because it's not, I'm an hour and a half away from there. So I can't be there every day. I can't be there to let people in. So I have to trust the uh, assistants and helpers that I have that they're, you know, keeping an inventory of things and keeping me posted on what's going on and uh, helping out with tours and and helping out with letting teams in that are coming in from out of state and just making sure that everybody's having a positive experience there when they get there. Um, it's amazing. And then I also have, um, you know, help with my stores and, and design work and, um, designing uh, different ads and come up with cool ideas to promote uh, Death Walker and Hinsdale House and all the stuff that I'm doing, um, you know, you have to let the the, the chains loose a little bit. And, and you know, I've, I, there's people I've worked with for six, seven years now um, that I just trust, you know, with, with what's going on. So uh, you have to be able to have a balance w- with it. And uh, I, I feel like I have a pretty good balance going on
0: yeah that definitely sounds like a lot of work Uh, it is
1: a lot of work but it's it's managed you have to be able to manage things you know you have to be a a good manager of your time and making sure that you're crossing your t's and dotting your i's on a daily basis you know i was sitting at the football game and i was sending out a a mailing our mailing list as i'm as i'm at the football game it's funny (laughs) it seemed like the perfect time to do it
0: right right um i know it's late so uh you have any like scary, any real scary things ever happen to you while you're out filming any of these shows that you're that you do?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a we're filming a YouTube show at, at an old theater in in North Tonawanda, New York, called the Riviera, and uh, one of the first times I've ever experienced anything personally. Um, uh, the team was down on the stage and uh, doing some reenactment type stuff, trying to get energies to come on the stage and and they were doing a great job and I just wanted to you know at that point you know you just want to try to get that personal experience you always say you know once you see it then you 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 know you can't take it away you know mm-hmm. I was up on the balcony in the mezzanine and I was sitting at the baby grand piano we had our laser lights up you know the laser grids and some cameras going and I'm just I was just sitting there wanting something to happen see if and then all of a sudden, uh, there was an organ against the back wall, and this black mass just came out of the wall. And you know, thinking logically, you know, if this is a shadow, the the laser lights would be going through the shadow, but it wasn't wasn't penetrating it, which was telling me that this was some type of solid. Um, but it wasn't a solid because it came out of the wall, right? So there's a lot of things going through my head, and it glided right in front of me, like a foot in front of me, and I just, got, you know. I got so scared. I couldn't breathe. Um, it glided into the wall and, you know, I had took a deep breath of air and I just got up and I ran down the stairs out into the street. The photographer that was on my team, you know, started documenting the balcony and he caught a picture of it, you know, and he's got this, this creepy face, you know, kind of looking down at us. Um, it was a bone chilling experiment. I get, I get goosebumps thinking about it and it happened like over about 10 years ago, you know, but it was like one of the First creepy experiences of my life doing this, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, now would probably have a different reaction. You know, I've had other things happen that probably would scare the crap out of somebody. But you know, I I take a kind of a different mental approach to what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Must take conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, don't get me wrong. I mean, if i I'm sitting at the Hinsdale House and a shadow figure comes right in front of me and and sits down i'm going to be freaked the hell out right so it's it's you know goes against your belief systems you know and what you think is real and what's not real yeah and you hope people don't think you're a crackpot yeah i mean i'm i'm always cautious about talking about it you know like when i go places because you just never know how people react to that like when i get asked to go talk at a school or go talk at a library Um, you know, you never know, like, am I going to get a bunch of old ladies sitting in the, in the front, front row, you know, bashing me for what I do, you know, like I I would think not, I would hope not, but I've never had that happen, but you always have those fears, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I haven't had too many, uh, paranormal things happen to me. I don't even, I lived, I lived in this old, old house. When I was going to college, um, had a graveyard in the backyard and there was a baby grave. We found the graveyard after, you know, some stuff had happened. There was a baby grave and we'd hear a baby crying all the time. We could never find it. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't no one walking around with a baby. And that was weird. And at the same house, I would have, you know, people come over and they would, um, be at the top of the stairs and they would be talking with someone down in the living room, which was like down the stairs and around a corner, and they'd have full conversations with this person and then they'd walk up you know uh, into the rooms upstairs and the person they were talking to would uh-huh. be upstairs already um and this happened to multiple people who never told this to anybody else and it's not I, not something I ever told anybody until you know I'd already moved out of there and you know, ten years after it happened, which that was about the creepiest thing that ever happened.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess if you did it more, maybe something different would happen.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm. Yeah, I don't want to you know, do come that. Come spend a
1: come spend a week alone at the Hinsdale House, and you'll see some. You'll 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 have a different perspective.
0: No way, no way. I mean, and that <laughs> like what? What? What do you? You must take precautions of some kind, right? I, it doesn't bother me doesn't bother me there i and i also feel
1: like the energies that are there know what i'm doing with the location preserving it um and there's a lot of energies that are, that are thankful that i'm doing that you know um but it's, it's never bothered me um i've had things happen there that would freak people out but um i'm just at a different level mentally when i'm doing this now than i was when i first started you know
0: yep that makes sense um what about when you go to other places? Do you are you worried about something coming back home with you or?
1: No, I have a I have a pretty good, you know, belief system. Uh, and, and with my investigations and, um, the way that I handle them, the way that I approach them, um, in a positive in a positive way, um, I don't feel like I bring. Every now and then you'll encounter something that seems negative, and I I walk away from it, you know, uh, very quickly. Not something mm-hmm. that I want to work work around, and somebody else can talk to that energy or work with that energy. Right. Um, I only want to deal with the 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 light and the the love at these locations and and communicate with the best and brightest spirits that are there uh, that are able to communicate with me. So,
0: do you have an interest? In, do you have an in? Sorry, I'm getting every time I talk it like weird backfeed. But uh, do you have an interest in? in the darker side or do you just stay away from Um,
1: i no, i have an interest in it for sure but if it's something if i encounter something like that i don't deal with it i i have some a friend of mine that that deals with that come and and deal with that you know it's not something that's uh that i want to deal with
0: right right but i'm I'm definitely have to be
1: knowledgeable about it you know
0: yeah i mean and that makes a lot of sense that's a good a good approach um it's just so it just there there are so many questions, you know. Um
1: There'll always be. There'll always be questions.
0: Right, right. And it seems like you're at the you're at the door. Um and if you peek you know, you open it too too much, you might find out more than than you bargained for. Well,
1: that's what I that owning a owning a location and being able to peel back the layers is kind of the whole process of what we're doing you know um there's always folklore stories or that can't be proven and being able to own a location you can really peel back those layers and try to see what's the truth and what's not the truth um, through different types of experiments or even just you know ground you know you can bring in ground penetrating radar you can bring in divers you can bring in scientists you can you can do all these things that you know if you go on an investigation for a night or two at a location that you don't get to do uh, if you own the place So it's it's opened up, you know, we've, it seems like with every door that we open, it it brings a couple more pieces of mystery to it. Um, It's like a puzzle, you know, and then there's more puzzle pieces that fall down that we didn't know were there um, as we uncover things. But it's cool, especially like with some of the stuff with the archaeological stuff that we found at the house and uncovering old foundations and finding cool stuff buried in the ground um You know, it it opens up a lot of doors, but also opens up more questions because we didn't know that that was there. You know, we didn't know things were there, so you know, we keep finding out more. But now we need to find out why it's there, where it's from, and who's who's it was. You know,
0: right? So you must have had metal. Have you ever had like a metal oh, de- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: part of the part of the property was when they dug a pond there, and the and the. 60s uh they dumped all the pond dirt over on the left side of the pond and uh part of the whole rejuvenating the location back to the way it was was getting a bulldozer and flattening that back out um but in doing so i, I we uncovered a foundation an old foundation um to the left of the pond and it's not on any maps it's not um anything that we know dating back to the 1700s it's old stone tool laid foundations there it, it's really cool and we've only uncovered a small portion of it so far uh it takes a lot of time and preservation to keep it you know in a good spot so um you know we have a lot of work to do
0: yeah that that sounds really cool i have a uh a metal detectorist friend that i met through doing this he's got a he's got a pretty big youtube following but he's a complete skeptic of everything um it would be funny to have him have something happened to him up there, that'd be funny. <laughs> uh, he's just—I've tried to get him to do all sorts of things with me, and he's just complete skeptic. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, is there anything you you want to share that you found ab- out about the house? Because when you know when you look at, you watch all these documentaries and read about it online, you don't. It doesn't seem like there's a cohesive story of what of what's going on. It's a lot well, of. Uh, if the I... thing
1: is is the the story has changed um just because we've been able to find documentation of truths of things that have happened there you know um you know through research um so i mean yeah i mean the story since i've owned the house and the story that i told when i bought it to the story that i tell today it's changed so that's why i like to keep doing these type of interviews to update people as to where <laughs> we're at it. you know um so yeah, I mean it's 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 really cool. Um just being able to dive into the location and and find things, you know.
0: Right. I think one of the the more popular stor stories is the the brother who shot the the other brother out in the woods. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's I mean as far as we know that's just folklore, you know, something that's been told from from year to year, you know, from generation to generation. Um what we do know is that there were Two brothers, uh, the Everett brothers, they were Irish immigrants that originally purchased the property and built the the homestead that's there now, uh, 1853, the Hinsdale House. And um, we don't know that they were killing people or murdering people, for sure, you know. Um, The one story of the two brothers that were arguing in the back of the house is confirmed, you know, and this happened in the 80s. Uh, where he shot his brother uh, because they were arguing over religion Uh, one went to jail until a few years ago and the other one's buried in hinsdale cemetery but the the story of the brothers murdering and raping and killing people burying their bodies on the property i mean we don't we don't know that that's true or not and i don't want to pin the two people that were there just because they were brothers and there's a story that they were murderers you know
0: Mm, that's actually (laughs) something i haven't heard sorry
1: well, also, the, I mean, that when, when we tell the stories of the house, we want to make sure that we're giving accurate information to people and keeping people up to date as to what's true and what's not true. We've also implemented like a this QR code tour. So like when people are there, if they have questions about like, say, the room they're in or what may have happened there, um, you can scan the QR code and you can get like an interview with the priest that, that the exorcism or you can get an interview with Clara Dandy Miller who was there in the 1970s that was ran out of there from the failed exorcism and the energies that was, were there. Um, oh, wow. Some of the teams that may have captured something, some of the history. So the, the cool thing about doing the QR code thing is that if something changes, we can just go and change it, you know, and it updates. So we keep people up to date as far as, as what the history is and what's going on and what's true and what's not true. And, uh, you know it it makes for a better investigation if if you're doing this and you, you want to get to the truth, starting yeah. out with the truth of what we know is true is, is the first step. so
0: and that that's it's a really good idea. Um, but yeah, I mean that I guess that's really all I had. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover?
1: No, but I mean if if uh, if anybody's interested in uh, learning more about the Hinsdale house or any other locations that I work with like Wildwood Sanitarium, um ghost finders uh death walker uh events that i'll be at you know things like that my store check uh, supporting the location helping us out it's my name daniel class dot com, and uh, all the links are at the top and you can learn more about me you can learn more about the locations and uh and what we do there
0: perfect cool. and uh thanks for working working with me tonight i know that it's probably a pain in the ass, but
1: no, it actually worked out perfect. You know, I told you the story before we started about right. my wife's car not starting. So you know, all things happen the way that it's supposed to. I think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> Great, perfect, perfect. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I I definitely learned a lot. So perfect. Thank oh, you, very man. Thank much. you
1: so much. All right, have a good one. Bye. Right, bye bye.
0: So yeah, that was Daniel Class. He is. A man of of many talents he's he's got his hand in in several different pots um, and I wish him all the luck because it sounds like they're doing some some really cool stuff over there you know and you almost hope that because he owns this this Hinsdale house that they'll be able to you know it's to to get to the bottom of of it, whatever it is you know. This, this mystery of, uh, you know, of what the paranormal is. I don't know. You know, it, it almost feels like a, like a, uh, uh, like a skinwalker ranch for, for ghosts, (laughs) you know, um, the Hinsdale house is just this, this crazy, crazy, crazy place that we've all heard all the stories. We've heard everything there is to hear about the Hinsdale house, um, but to hear it from the man who owns it who is doing all this extra work behind the scenes that we don't get to hear about all the time um it's pretty exciting especially and he, he mentioned it real quick especially this thing about a a foundation that they had had accidentally uncovered while trying to to flatten out this this dirt that that had been dug out of the pond you know this this mysterious foundation it It definitely piqued my interest when when he said that. I should have asked him about it some more. um but you know it, it I instantly got like a a curse of Oak Island vibes. you know, they're digging up all these weird stuff out of the swamp, you know, um but yeah that that's that that was Daniel class, paranormal investigator, owner of the Hinsdale house, and he definitely sounds almost canon to me.